Kia ora and welcome to Tea with the High Commission. I'm Iona Thomas, British High Commissioner to New Zealand. Welcome to our podcast. In this podcast, we explore the connections between the UK and New Zealand through conversation with some very interesting Brits and New Zealanders. I invite you to join in the conversation by leaving comments and questions. This podcast is part of our Rugby World Cup series, talking to the captains of Scotland, England and Wales. The World Cup is being played in New Zealand in October and November 2022, and the UK and New Zealand network will be cheering on all of the British teams competing. Kia and welcome to Tea with the High Commission. I'm Iona Thomas, the British High Commissioner to New Zealand, and I'm joined here today by the captain of the Scotland women's rugby team, Dr Rachel Malcolm. Rachel is here in New Zealand for the Rugby World Cup being played from the 8th of October to the 12th of November in Auckland and Whangarei. The Scottish side are making a historic return to the Rugby World Cup, having not played since 2010. Rachel's been on the Scottish side since 2016, debuting against Spain. And she not only leads on the rugby field, but in academic research as well, as she's a lecturer and has earned her PhD in environmental physiology from Nottingham Trent University. Rachel, welcome to New Zealand. Thank you very much. It's been a whirlwind few days here, but we're loving it so far. Excellent. Uh, And before we talk about why you're here in New Zealand in more detail, I always start with a very British question, which is, are you a tea drinker and how do you take your tea? (laughs) Yes, I do drink tea. I prefer coffee, controversially, uh, but I do drink tea. Um, I have it strong but milky. Excellent. Well, you'll find that there's lots of good coffee to discover in New Zealand, so you'll be able to indulge that coffee drinking. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big pastime so far. Good. So a couple of New Zealandy questions to kick off, which is uh, questions that everybody who visits the country gets asked, which is, is this your first time in New Zealand? And what are your thoughts on the country so far? Yes, this is uh, my first time in New Zealand. Uh, We've only spent time in Auckland so far. Uh, The people are super friendly, um, which is similar to what we're used to back home. So it does feel a little bit like being back home in some ways and the weather's a little bit similar at the minute as well um but it's it's really lovely and green um and yeah like friendly people which is what I'd look for when I uh go to any new cities (laughs) absolutely well I've really discovered in the sort of two months that I've been here that people are incredibly friendly and welcoming and really keen to make you see the best of the country which is really nice Um, And when I travel for work, uh, I really love to get a sense of the country I'm in, not just do work meetings in offices. Um, But I've never had to balance competing in a World Cup with my work and travel. So will you be able to do any sightseeing when you're here? Yes, I think. So we have one off day um, per week. Um, so within that, our management team have planned some kind of excursions. So we don't get to hear about them until just before. So we just got today's or this week's um, excursion. So we're some of us are going whale watching um, and some of us are going out on um, a speedboat or something around the harbour, I think. Um, but then I think they'll change as we we move through to, to Bangarai and we'll do a little bit more kind of sightseeing and seeing different areas and stuff like that as well. Well, fantastic. Well, I'm really glad there's time in your busy training schedule to get a sense of the country and there's so much to explore in New Zealand. It sounds like the team have got that all planned out, which is great. Yeah. So turning to rugby in a bit more detail, um, the World Cup was obviously delayed for a year due to COVID. How are you and the side feeling going into the competition after that delay? 
Yeah, we're feeling um, quite prepared. We had quite a long qualification process due to the delays through COVID as well. So um, that whole kind of qualification situation was probably the most stressful bit about it um, because it, it was quite long winded. So now that we finally, like as soon as we had that qualification status and, and we knew that we were going, it's just kind of been excitement. Um, mm-hmm. And that kind of, because we didn't know if we were here or not till quite late in the day, we actually haven't had as long a prep as some people have had um, in the sense of it didn't feel like we necessarily had a delay because um, of that. So we've had a really good preparation. Um, we've been training more or less full time as a squad um, over the summer and stuff like that. So we're feeling really excited and prepared and yeah, in a good place. Excellent. That's really great to hear. And it's interesting that you talk a lot about preparation and how that sort of put you in a good place. I often find that um, in diplomacy or in other bits of work, actually preparation is really key to performance on the day. And it sounds like that's the same uh, very much in sport. Yeah, no, 100%. Like preparations where you you build your confidence um, and massive part of like achieving a sport is having belief. And I do think if you've not prepared, there's no way you can believe in what you can achieve. So um, I think it, it's massive. Um, and yeah, this has probably been our best preparation for any tournament just because we've had that extra little bit of support from um, Scottish Rugby and, and stuff like that. So um, I'm excited to see what, what we can do with that on the field. Excellent. That's a great message there about preparation and belief being really key to success. Um, one thing that I've been really excited about is the global increase in support for women's sport that we've seen in recent years. And we saw it this year with records being broken in the UK for attendance at the Women's Six Nations and the sellout crowds for the Lionesses football matches. How have you found that interest and support uh, have changed since your international debut six years ago? Um, massively. Um, I think, you know, um, the number of young kind of people that are interested in the sports increased hugely which is a massive um kind of inspiration for us as players because we really want to inspire more people to be interested in the way or take up the sport particularly young girls because it's it's not a sport um that as many young girls in Scotland play as the likes of football or hockey so that's a big driver for us and that's probably been the big change that we've seen is the, is the interest from from that age group which is really exciting for us because that's really something we've always wanted to push and we still want to push going forward but also just from like kind of male rugby fans now becoming female rugby fans, which is was fantastic as well. But we've seen a massive increase in in the interest in all our games, and we've had some incredible atmospheres um, at some of our most recent games, which is really special for us. You know, that makes that occasion of playing for your country that little bit more special to run out in front of a a loud home crowd or mm-hmm. a loud travelling support or whatever it might be. And um, it's, it's, it's amazing for us and it gives you that little extra boost and a little extra bit of energy on a game day. Fantastic. And you talked about how hockey is actually often a more common sport. I think you started by playing hockey and then transitioned to rugby. How did you make that change? Um, so I started playing a little bit of touch rugby um, just for fun and then was kind of dragged along to uh, a rugby session and yeah just fell in love with the game straight away fell in love with the culture and like the kind of family um, vibe that you have in rugby and I think that kind of ethos that there's a place for everyone and and you know your strength is always kind of championed and I, I really love that 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 kind of ethos Um so yeah it was it was quite simple then I just I just kind of got stuck in and kind of just went from from next thing to 
to things, if that makes sense. And then I eventually got asked to come in and, and train with the Scotland team. And then that was kind of it. That was all I cared about. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like it's been a really successful transition and really lovely to hear about that family aspect and the team aspect as well. And obviously that's a huge part of um, the feel of the rugby match and the role of the team. Can you talk a bit more about how you and the team work together and uh, draw on each other's strengths? Yeah, it's massive in rugby because, you know, there's such different kind of aspects to the game that it is really dependent on, you know, your props being good at scrummaging and your your second rows being good at jumping and your backs being good at passing and decision making and stuff like that. So everyone's strengths need to be pushed on and, and you know, we need to use the strengths of all the individuals and not just one or two within the squad to to maximise our potential as a team. Um, so that's something that we've really built on over the last few years is growing as a squad and, and using everyone's strengths and not just focusing on, you know, one or two people's kind of super strengths within the team. Um, but we're a really close-knit team. Um, most of us are, are, are super close friends and um, we've had the same squad more or less since 2016 and mm-hmm. a few kind of younger girls coming in along the way, but we've had a pretty settled squad for a long time now. So we've built a huge amount of togetherness and resilience. You know, we've obviously through COVID and, and everything else, we've had a lot to to deal with and we've been through some tough times, but that's kind of brought us closer together off the pitch, which I think has an influence in, in how we can kind of react to situations on the pitch as well, which is super important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, as I mentioned in the introduction, on top of playing top-level rugby with the team, uh, you also have a PhD and lecture at Nottingham Trent University. Can you tell us a bit about your area of study and expertise? Uh, yeah, I um, look at the influence of heat on team sports performance. Um, I kind of specialise around kind of how it affects the brain and things like decision making um, and how our brain muscle pathways can be affected when we compete in hot environments. So it's to try and provide kind of practical um, information to teams who might be travelling abroad to World Cups. So, for example, the Football World Cup in Qatar mm. um, will be in extremely hot conditions. So it's about trying to provide teams like that um, kind of information to optimise their performance despite being in those quite extreme conditions. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of um, my research area in a nutshell. <laughs> Great. Well, I can see there's a lot of applicability, say, to the, the Football World Cup. I'm not sure there'll be so much applicability to the, the Rugby World Cup here in New Zealand. I found in my time here, it's been pretty wet and rainy, but maybe you'll have better weather uh, over the next few weeks for you. Yeah, it's been a wee bit windy since we got here, but it's it's a good challenge. <laughs> and what does the balance between sports and academia look like in practice for you? Uh, so it's kind of changed um, over the last couple of years. So previously, I was um, until about nine months ago, was still working full time. Um, so was doing most of my training, kind of pre work and post work. Um, but since we qualified for the World Cup, my um, employers have been very um, supportive and have allowed me to move to a much more part time basis. Um, so I'm only really working one day a week remotely at the minute while I'm at the World Cup. So um that means that I can really focus on my training my recovery um but in kind of a little bit of downtime just keep on top of a few bits of work um while I'm away um and while when I get back and and in and around that as well so um yeah I'm I'm very lucky that I've had um the support of Scottish rugby to to focus a little bit more on on my rugby because it's it's quite tough for for female athletes who who need to balance the two um in terms of work and their rugby 
Um, but luckily more and more of us at the minute are are getting extra support from our unions or from our clubs to allow us to have that little bit more focus because um, particularly around recovery um, and stuff like that, it is it's it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Well, it's really good to hear that you do have that support and hopefully as the game evolves and there's more recognition of the importance of women's sport, you'll get that support to be able to manage both. Definitely, yeah. No, it's 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 really exciting time for for women's sport, but for for women's rugby in particular, I think the last kind of year or so, there's been a really quite dramatic increase in in support, and that's it's an exciting place to be, and, and hopefully that continues. Excellent. And what are you most looking forward to about the matches ahead? Um, I think the opportunity to play against teams that we've not necessarily played against before, or we don't often have the opportunity to play against. So. Within our group stages, we play against Australia and New Zealand, which are two teams I don't think any of us uh, within our squad have ever played against. So that's really exciting. And I think the opportunity to play against New Zealand in New Zealand is at a, a home World Cup is also um, super exciting. So that's probably going to be the, the big thing that I'm looking forward to. And I think playing against New Zealand in New Zealand, you'll certainly um, be up against them with their home advantage. But I hope there'll be a sense of a supporting crowd. Certainly, I've met a lot of Brits in my time in New Zealand who've got a connection to the UK or uh, who are dual nationals. So do you have a travelling supporter squad with you? Yeah, we've got um, a big travelling contingent. I think most of the the members of the squad have various kind of family members and partners and, and people like that coming to watch us. So. Um, you know, as Scots are not afraid of making a fair bit of noise. So, um, yeah, they'll, they'll have a big task against them for that New Zealand game for sure. But, yeah, we're we're lucky that we've got a, a decent travelling contingent. But I think as well, like, one thing which has stood out from, from being in New Zealand is just how much they love their rugby. So I think, you know, I'm sure the fans will, will just be supporting rugby as well as, as their team. So, um, no, I'm excited for the, the opportunity to, to play in a country which is so rugby focused and, and invested as well absolutely well I uh, have cousins in Scotland in Glasgow uh, and my mum's side of the family are in England so I'm feeling a little bit conflicted about who I support as the British <laughs> High Commissioner to New Zealand so it's going to be interesting to see who I'm cheering for at the matches but as you say it's that sense that it's about rugby and putting a spotlight on uh, the sport and on the teams that are playing and there is huge uh, passion for it here that I have definitely found in my time so there'll be no uh, shortage of people coming to the matches and, and cheering you on. Absolutely. Uh, so really just best of luck to you and the team in the competition. I say all of us at the British High Commission will be watching your progress uh, and hoping that it all goes really well for you all and looking forward to seeing the results of the matches. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much for having me. Great. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tea with the High Commission. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can find us on iTunes or Spotify. Thank you very much and kakite anō.